So good evening everyone, everyone on Zoom. Uh, just a few brief words tonight to try and um, maybe clear up some kind of misunderstanding about Buddhism and Zen, if there is any misunderstanding. But um, a lot of uh, traditional Buddhism, a lot of classical Buddhism, when you read the text, seems to strongly imply um, that the Buddha had some kind of transcendent experience, like tra transcended human nature in some kind of way. And that, um, you know, the, the, the um, terms and words that are used to describe that experience is that we're all on the, the wheel of life and death and the Buddha somehow by becoming enlightened um, was released from the cycle of life and death. Mm -hmm. And when you read the Heart Sutra, it talks about going beyond, going beyond, going beyond. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there's a confusion people have if they've had a, a Buddhist practice, a traditional Buddhist practice, and they come to Zen Buddhism or Chan. And um, in, in Zen Buddhism, there's not that, um, sense of uh, transcendence of this world in any way, of getting off the wheel of birth and death. It's about this, this life here. Mm -hmm. There is a transcendence in one sense, but it's not about a transcendence of going beyond somewhere to going to some conscious realm. Mm -hmm. um, from a Zen perspective, when you read the Heart Sutra and it goes through all that negating of everything, and it says gone beyond, gone altogether beyond, etc. It's going beyond all concepts. It's going beyond all constructions of human life. It's not going somewhere else, right, outside of this moment. It's not going to some other transcendental realm that's above human experience. You're in, you're embodied. Your consciousness is embodied in your body. They're not they're not two things not some sense of your consciousness becoming free of your brain or your body and going to some realm. It's not, not in the Zen experience. It's not what we teach. But there may be a confusion um, because that's what people read in, in traditional Buddhism as though um, uh, you, you have no longer have any greed, hatred and ignorance, for instance. Whereas the Zen perspective is that, as it says in one Zen poem, the Shodoka, greed, hatred and ignorance are like bubbles on the surface of the sea. And it's kind of, you see the empty nature of them and they, they, they bubble through you. And because you see the empty nature of them and the transient nature of them, you don't get caught up in them. But still those experiences can, can be a part of what you experience as a human being. The, the distinctions you see, came from the way uh, the China, the Chinese, um, lived and experienced and, and shifted in the way that they understood Buddhism. Because they, in Indian culture, they did have this sense of um, transcendence of the world, and the Chinese people, being a very down-to-earth, practical people, just sort of turned it on its head, you know, and and emphasised the importance of this body, this earth, is the, is the lotus land. This moment right now is the lotus land. There's nowhere to go to. 
other than right here. And you also see the difference in the um, iconography of Buddhism in, particularly in Japanese Zen or other forms of, of, of uh, Japanese Buddhism compared to say Southeast Asian Buddhism where a lot you see in South Asian Buddhism a lot of Buddhists with that, um, I don't know how to describe it, but the hair that goes up into a point, they don't look human. They look sort of superhuman in some way. Whereas when you when you go into Japanese Zen, like this Buddha here is a Japanese um, Buddha. Um, it's based on the Kamakura Buddha. And as you can see, it has a much more human experience. The Buddha is just a human being like us. It's not some super superhuman experience. Um, many of the koans and the literature in Zen are actually um, challenging this transcendent idea. And one of the koans, which I've talked about many times before because it's one of my favourite koans, is Hyakujo's Fox. And briefly, you know, um, the abbot, the Zen abbot, has asked a question by a monk, does an enlightened person transcend the law of cause and effect or not. And the, and the abbot said, yes, he does. And as a result of his wrong answer, he gets born 500 times as a fox. Mm -hmm. and now, it's interesting that he's born as a fox because a fox in Oriental culture has a slightly different sense to it than what we have. In, in our culture, they're kind of tricky the tricksters, you know, but they're not actually evil. Whereas I've been told that in Oriental culture, the fox is evil, and he's um, he's, he's in sharp contrast to the the bald-headed monk with the smooth pate. You know, he's got this sense of purity, shining, smoothness, right? And the fox is just all bristly, you know, with all his fur and pokey little nose, you know, and he's and he's a trickster, you know, to survive. And so he's seen as being this, this sort of incarnation of, of the devil in some kind of way. So it's interesting that this monk, when he gives the wrong answer about transcendence, becomes a fox, right? And then he had to live a fox's life for 500 years, hunting, you know, blood and guts, hunting, you know, um, um, having, having babies, you know, helping bring up a family, you know, providing for a family. He's, he's in the world, he's in the world of this body. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not until he comes back to a future abbot in the, in the monastery and says, you know, this is the story, I gave this response and I became um, a, a fox for 500 lifetimes. And he asked the current abbot, would you please release me from the body of the fox? And he asks, um, is an enlightened person under the law of cause and effect or not? And the monk asks, yes, he is. Mm -hmm. I'll leave you with that conundrum. But anyway, another, another Zen teacher, Hui Ning, also said, the passions are enlightenment. We can't escape our humanness. You know, and so the way of Zen is actually to embrace it fully. 
And by embracing your humanness, you, you embrace your emotions, you embrace your body, you even embrace your rational thinking processes because that's what we are as human beings. And funnily enough, when you stop trying to transcend your humanness, you become more human in a good sense. And, uh, and that's where you find peace and equanimity and warmth, is when you embrace your humanness, not when you try to escape from it. Okay.